With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello? You play to win the game. Sports betting is a $200 billion a year business. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Gives it to Jenkins. To the championship. I want winners. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Winners Only Podcast, hosted by myself, Bill Christie, and my winning associate, Mr. Showtime himself, Matt Siegel. What is going on, show? Bill, what's up? Another week here on Winners Only. Very happy to be back for our second week. You know why, Bill? Because we get American sports back. That's right. America's pastime, baseball, first Pitch this Thursday, Yankees, Nationals. Look, I can't tell you who I'm betting on, but I'm just excited to have some American sports back on a normal time schedule. I don't know about you. but no, I'm, I'm with you. As much as I like KBO and I like waking up to watching maybe the tail end of those games, uh, it's going to be really, really nice to have some American baseball back with some names of players we can actually pronounce, um, with some cities that we've all visited before. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it this week for sure. Um, how'd you end up doing last week? Uh, last week was up and down for me. Uh, yesterday I got really fucked. I'm going to say, excuse <laughs> my language in soccer. Um, if you saw my, and by fucked, yes, I actually profited one unit on the day, but it was pretty wild. Um, I had a hundredth minute goal, right? So, there's only 90 minutes in the game. Obviously they play extra time. I believe there's only like six minutes of extra time awarded. Somehow they played to the hundredth minute. Um, and there was a goal score to, to, for me to lose my draw in the Getafe game. Um, I had draw for the full game plus two sixty. I had draw at halftime plus two Oh five. Um, I had the under there, the under hit, which finished at one Oh, the game was, but that hundredth minute goal cost me a nice swing on those two draw bets. Um, Atletico Madrid, who has been great for me. I've been riding them their past four or five games. They unfortunately didn't come through for me this game. Um, they let up, they as well let up a late goal around the 90th minute to draw one, one. I had them on the money line and I had Real Sociedad under, um, a half on their team total. And I had second half under 1.25. So, you know, I, I lost the team total there. I lost the money line there and I, and I, pushed half of the second half bet and I won half the second half bet instead of going three and zero on the trifecta there do that last goal. And 
VAR um, <laughs> is just is just awful. That took away a morning goal in the Southampton game that would have um, paid me on my draw and both teams to score. Instead, I lose the draw and I lose both teams to score. Three awful swings from two late goals and one VAR correction, and you know that turns a twenty-unit day into a one-unit day. But I mean, in That's the green, tough. in the green, I guess. Exactly. Hey, it's all we want. As long as we're profiting every day, every week, it's what it's all about. You can get the big swings. That's always a bonus. I, on the other hand, had a hell of a week, um, and I'll just touch on a few points that we went over our last podcast. Um, I did discuss some of my UFC picks. Uh, I had Rivera minus one thirty over Stamen. Uh, played out basically just as we saw it. We hit that one. However, uh, our bigger play on Abdul Alassane, we expected a knockout, and we almost had it in the first round. He was beating the living shit out of the sniper, Lazez, who was making his UFC debut. But, man, Lazez has a chin. I have not seen a guy take hits like that in a long time. He stood there, take a pounding in the first round, came back, picked him apart a little bit in the second and the third, and he ended up getting decision and, and you know what, I took the loss, but it was good to see a guy like this into the UFC. I'm excited to see what Dana White decides to do with him going forward because we're going to see some awesome fights with this guy. In PGA, my top play that I gave out, Cantley over Tiger Woods, was a winner. However, it didn't go as easily as I thought. I thought it would be over by Friday with Tiger missing the cut, which he almost did. He was back and forth all day late on Friday with the cut being at plus three for a little bit where he was at, then it dropped to plus two where he was going to miss it. Then it went all the way back to plus three towards the last minute. And he was able to squeak in there and make the cut. But of course he didn't have a great finish to the weekend. And luckily Cantley uh, did pull out that win in his matchup. Uh, I talked about Matthew Fitzpatrick um, who had fared really well at Merrifield in the past. He was at plus 7,000 to win. Didn't win, but he finished third overall. So if anybody took some of that information that was given out and was smart enough or savvy enough to put him in the top five as opposed to just winning it, because like you mentioned, uh, Matt, sometimes that's like just throwing money away when the odds are that high. Um, you know, you probably got a decent payday. Uh, what do you think that is? Plus 7,000 to win instead of it being a win, a top five? I mean, what, at least half of that, right? Plus 3,500 maybe? Um, I, I'm not too familiar with golf, um, so I can't really say but i would imagine somewhere around there yeah that's yeah, either right way to me. yeah either way you're getting a good payday so you know if anybody out there was was on that um you can thank me later even though i didn't pick the top five i picked in the win uh it was a good week so uh i'm happy with with what we gave out or at least what i gave out myself last week um in terms of pj and ufc but i had had one hell of a week on the soccer pitch as well probably my best week uh at least in terms of soccer probably in the history of me handicapping um, if you guys jumped on my Twitter at Larry's Locks 2, uh, you can see my, my breakdown of, of how I did. Um, and a lot of people that were following along uh, made some good money last week. So I was excited about that. But that's enough about last week. We're going to dive into this week. Uh, myself and Matt both have some plays on the pitch that we're going to start out with. Um, we're also going to discuss, or at least I'm going to discuss, uh, a little bit of KBO action. And then we're going to speak a little bit about the restart of the NBA, as well as the sport we're excited for this week, MLB. So let's dive right into it, Matt. I'm going to take everybody to the English Premier League, where at 1 o'clock we're having Watford visit Man City. Man City sits in second place on the table, 18 points behind Liverpool, and 12 points ahead of the third place Chelsea. Watford, on the other hand, is on the other end of that table. They're in 17th. They hold a three-point lead on both Aston Villa and Bournemouth who currently are looking at regulation. 
the line movement was pretty interesting. Uh, Man City opened up at minus 400, and that dropped to 325, while Watford went the other way, opened at plus 900, and is now down to plus 800. Am I leaning on taking this monster dog straight? No, I don't think I can take a team plus 800. But I am going to be taking Watford plus one and a half. Look at you know, Man City doesn't have too much to play for. They had a bad, bad loss uh, last week in the FA Cup, um, but they really aren't playing for too much. They're kind of stuck in their spot at, at two on the table, whereas Watford's playing for a lot. If they take this loss, you know, Aston Villa and Bournemouth both have a good opportunity to get another win and squeak ahead of them um, and send them to regulation. So I think that Watford's going to come out and play some competitive soccer in this one. I'm going to take them at plus one and a half at even money. I still think Man City's going to get the job done. I know Showtime, I saw you have, a, I think, a parlay closing with Man City. I think that's safe. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to take Man City at the minus one and a half. That's uh, really juicy. I'd rather take even money with Watford, who has a lot to play for and hopefully Main City gets that one-goal victory. You hit your parlay, and we hit Watford plus the goal and a half. Anything you want to touch on in that game before I move on? Um, I mean, yeah, real simple. Like you said, I, I have it's actually opening my parlay tomorrow. I have Man City um, in a parlay with another game that I'm going to get to. You know, um, I hope that Man City wins by one for your sake, but I just know for a fact there's no way – uh, in hell that Man City does not win this game. So they will win the game, especially coming off of a loss to Arsenal in the FA Cup. Um, I understand that's not the Premier League, but it was a loss in their most recent game. They'll bounce back. They'll win this game. Watford is pathetic. Like I said, hopefully they hang within one goal, but Man City wins this game for the first leg of our parlay. Okay, I like it. Best of luck, and hopefully we get that one-goal victory. 2-1 would be perfect. That's what my prediction is. But either way, one of us is going to get a win most likely. Moving on, we're going to go from the Premier League into Serie A over in Italy. where One of us has to get a win. Well, of course. Exactly. That was the joke. Atlanta versus Bologna. I know Matt has a play on this. We're going to lead into that. But first, I'm going to talk a little bit about Atlanta being in the second in the table, much like Man City. Um, and they can certainly catch Inter at the two spot. And Bologna sits in the middle of the pack. Not much to play for. They don't really have much room to move up, not much room to move down. I'm going to be playing Atlanta first half, minus 160. Yes, it's a little juicy, but it's obviously a much cheaper price than playing the minus 370 or minus 400 full game price um, that some books are pulling out for Atlanta. Four of Bologna's last five games have seen them concede a goal in the first half. I see this being one nothing, maybe 2 nothing at half. I'm going to take the first half. Uh, for Atlanta at minus 160, and that's going to go to you, Matt, because I know you have a few more plays on this game. Um, so I'll just pick right up with the Atlanta game. Um, I have two plays actually coming from this game. I parlayed Man City and Atlanta uh, on a parlay there that pays minus 140 odds. Two-team parlay, two units there. Both teams win. I really don't need to tell you why. It's very plain and simple. They, they get the job done. Both teams have scored in the Atlanta game. Minus 175, high price. Um, we spoke about a both teams to score play last week on the pod, the one I gave out. That play did win as well. Um, and here we are, another, another excuse me, Italian league game where I'm playing both teams to score. In, in Bologna's last five games, both teams have scored in every single game. Atlanta's Last three games, both teams have scored as well. In the last three head-to-head matchups, 
Both teams have scored as well. Like you said, Atlanta has stuff to play for. Bologna does not. However, they, 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 Bologna has still been able to score, even against some other powerhouse teams. You know, they put up a goal against Napoli. They put up a goal against AC Milan. They put up a goal against Inter. They put up a goal against Sassuolo. You know, the only team they have not put up a goal against was their first game back from the restart all the way back in, on June 22nd, and that was against Juventus. So other than that, every single game since the restart that Bologna has played, it's about eight games, has featured both teams scoring. High price, minus 175. I understand that, but it's justifiable, and you get what you pay for with these high prices. Both teams score here. For your sake, I'm going to hope that it's not in the first half. Um, however, I, we could have a 2-1 halftime score, you know, even though I, I do see a 1-1 halftime score. But, you know, there's also another thing to look at. When you look at these both teams' score play, right, Atlanta over a half a goal is minus 5,000. So, you know, that's pretty much implying that they're guaranteed to score a goal at minus 5,000, right? Mm-hmm. At over a half. So, for Bologna to score a goal, it's minus 190. So essentially, you know, the value here is that you're, you're, you're getting 15 cents better by paying both teams a score instead of by playing Bologna over a half at minus 190. And, you know, essentially, it's just like, in my opinion, that you're playing Bologna over the half a goal. And their over half a goal sits at minus 190. So right there, that's minus 175 on both of them to score in the game. It easily gets it done. I see 2-1, 3-1 Atalanta victory. Any concern, real quick, sorry, jump in. Any concern, any concern with Atalanta having uh, two clean sheets in the month of July at home? No, I do not because Bologna has scored in every single game, like I said, since the restart, um, except for their first game against Juventus. So, you know, they might not be the best team in the Italian league. However, they find a way to put up at least one goal, even if they get blown out. Four, five, one. You know, they still put up one against all the other powerhouse teams. I don't see any difference here. They're going to put up one. They might even put in the first one in this game, and Atalanta just pours it on afterwards. Like a similar game we've seen Atalanta play. That was a 6-2 game two games ago against uh, – I, I don't know how to say <laughs> that. Uh, I'm sorry there. Moving on <clears throat> to the second game, some would say would be a way better contest in the Italian league. Sassuolo and AC Milan. My first play is simply on the home dog here. Sassuolo plus a half, minus 120. I like it here. Both teams have been playing great. They're both in great form. Both trying to climb up the table. Sassuolo, eight points back AC Milan. AC Milan just behind Napoli for the sixth spot in the Europa League qualification Uh, which would be the Europa League qualification in the table. So both teams need a win here, and they're going to really be going for it, which is also why, uh, again, another high price, but I paid it. Minus 265 for both of these teams to score here. This is an absolute lock, Bill. Yes, I am putting the word lock on it. This is a lock. They will both score in this game. It's just a matter of, honestly, how long it takes. It's, It's really not... A matter of if it'll happen. It's just a matter of how long it'll take. You can actually look at both of their team total implied odds, and and Sassuolo over a half is minus four fifty five. AC Milan over a half is minus nine ten. If you were wow. to parlay those two together, which I don't believe is a valid bet, 
because you would just be playing both teams to score. The odds on that are minus 280. So take both And what are you getting both to score? 265. 265. So, you know, I understand that people don't want to pay a high price or a high juice, but it's very simple. The books are telling you this this line should be 280. And I'm booking it at minus 265 because that's what it is. So they essentially have their own line wrong. Now, of course, I understand when you parlay it together, it changes it. But based on the odds they have given for both teams to score one goal, this line should be a minus 280. You're automatically getting 15 cents, coupled with the fact that if you look at the recent head-to-head games, Sasulo last – excuse me, Sasulo every single game since the restart has featured both teams to score. AC Milan last – Four games consecutively have featured both teams to score. And every single game since the restart, except for two, have featured both teams to score. <clears throat> AC Milan is also on the road. So, you know, the one thing here is that, like I said, I like the home dog. And I, I really like Susulo to get out to an early lead. And at them being minus 455, you have AC Milan at minus 910 to score. AC Milan has not gone scoreless since the restart. They've shut out teams. They have not gone scoreless. They're going to put in a goal here. Sasulo is going to put in a goal here. And we're easily going to be free rolling our Sasulo plus a half, looking for the tie or the outright Sasulo win. If AC Milan wins, we lose slightly on the juice. But that's something that I'm willing to pay because both teams will score in this match. How about the over in that? Any play on that? Because Sasulo is not allowed, but in their last, what, three matchups at home you've seen three three four two three three I like your play on them getting the um getting the spread because I think it could be end up being a draw they might not win outright but they could win a draw and you're going to get paid for for taking that spread but do you see any action on that over since you're talking about both teams scoring anyway so the over is definitely a great look here um however ultimately both teams to score I understand you only need two goals and the over here you need four goals so you know, not to say that a 1-1 draw is very, very likely in this game. I'm just a lot more confident that either team will put in one goal rather than – I think a 2-1 uh, Susulo victory is very likely. I, I do. Otherwise, I would say that a 2-2 two two draw would be my second best score prediction. Um, I don't – Well, like you're saying, AC Milan is not going to come in here – and win four nothing or three nothing, and they're certainly not going to see it the other way around. So, you know, like you're saying, the both teams to score play does look like it makes the most sense. Of course, it's a lot of juice on it, but like you said, there's a reason why it's like that. The implied odds are there. You know, it seems like a sure thing. So, I don't know if I'm going to be playing it for sure, but it's definitely going to be on my plate to take a deeper look at it for sure. This is a game that I that I look at could be two one going late, and then it's just a matter of do you get that fourth goal to push it over or not and have it as a push. But yes, I think it's a push at worst. I really would be shocked if this game ended 2-0 either way. Um, I would be I would be totally shocked. And if this game ended in a 1-1 draw, you know, that's luckily good enough for me, but I, I, I would be shocked as well. I think a 2-1 Sasulo win um, is what I'm going with here, 2-2 at worst. Moving on, I have one singular play in the Premier League other than the parlay or other than Man City being in the leg of my parlay. And I'm playing Arsenal um, on the money line. I booked Arsenal on the money line at plus 115 odds here. I'm sure this is going to be one of the most popular bets of the day. Um, And frankly, that just doesn't scare me. Maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't. But Arsenal sitting five points behind Tottenham for the sixth slot on the table. Uh, Aston Villa 
sitting at the top relegation spot, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, they need uh, some points to move out of the relegation spot. I, frankly, I don't really think they care because, I, you know, their play as of late, a 2-0 victory over Crystal Palace, a 1-1 draw against Everton, doesn't impress, impress me. Arsenal, you know, despite the loss of Tottenham, has really been clicking on all cylinders, you know, since back-to-back losses, or excuse me, since three losses in a row in the Premier League, you know, then they rattled off four straight wins, six wins out of eight matches, uh, the one loss coming to Tottenham, and, and the one draw to Leicester. They've played way better competition as of late, and Arsenal just needs to win here. I, I like the plus money. I think they get it done in regulation. Four out of the last five head-to-head matchups on the road, Arsenal has taken. The one was a draw. Uh, Arsenal <clears throat> has won three out of their last four road games. Like I said, the one they dropped was to Tottenham. And, you know, Aston Villa, they beat Crystal Palace, was their only win at home since the restart. And Crystal Palace, frankly, is one of the teams that has actually been worse than Aston Villa as of late. You know, so I'm really not taking – I'm really not giving them much credit for that victory. Uh, And Arsenal has been a top-five team in the Premier League over the last five matches. Arsenal wins this game probably to the tune of 3-0. Yeah, hopefully they don't come in and, and kind of sleepwalk through the beginning, right? Because that's what you'd, one thing you'd be afraid of with Arsenal coming off that big win off of Man City in the FA Cup. They come in sniffing themselves a little bit against a team, like you said, Aston Villa, who's toward the bottom of the table. Um, think they're going to walk all over them. But uh, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Even if that does happen, even if they do sleepwalk in the beginning of that game, even if it's 0-0 at the end of the half, Arsenal's going to put at least two in the second half and put them away. I don't see Aston Villa really hanging out with them past the, the midway point for sure. To, 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 they just really have too much firepower. Uh, they, you know, they've, they've scored a game, uh, excuse me, a goal in, in all of their last five matches. Like, like you said, it's only a matter of time before they put that one in the back of the net. And it's just if that one is tying or to take the lead, Aston Villa has no chance of putting two goals in that, two goals by Arsenal, and, and this should be over, 2-1 or 3-0 final for sure. Moving on to my last play of the day. And this is going to be not a fan favorite. I understand that. Another high juice play. So this card is very juiced. We have minus 175, minus 265, minus 120, minus 140, and plus 115. And now we have the max play of Sporting Lisbon on the money line at minus 240. And let me tell you, Bill, I just could care less. Sporting Lisbon is going to win this game. It's an absolute horse cock lock. They are going to win this game. It's, it's back. It's, we're, we're it's back. Wait, hold on. Before you keep going, is it is it back? Is it official? Are you going to put it out there to, to the Twitterverse? The horse cock lock will be back when real wow. sports come back. Not not for some. Uh, okay, you're just teasing we us. We can't. We can't. But on paper, on paper, this is a horse cock lock. I don't know how to say the other team's name, Vittoria Setabal. You know, so it doesn't bear matter, with me right? there. I, I really don't care because they don't deserve for me to say their name right. They <laughs> haven't won a game since the restart. Not only have they not won a game since the restart, they've lost six consecutive matches. Six consecutive matches they've lost. Sporting is coming off of a loss. However, that was to the best team in the league, FC Porto. And they're great. And it was really a 0-0 game for the most part. I had Porta actually gave it out on the pod last week, right? Because Sporting Lisbon is my is my fan favorite team. I love this team. I maxed them for the past four games before FC Porta. They won three of them, and one of them ended up in a draw. So I was 3-1 and one on them. I have a very good read 
on Sporting. They played Porter really hard. It was a 0-0 game for the most part until Porter put in a goal in the 64th minute, and then they tacked one on in extra time, which they've actually done quite often. So, you know, it was a great game out of Sporting. They're going to come back. By the way, they're at home. They want to keep the third spot in the table, which is the difference between the Europa League group stage and the Europa League qualification. So mm-hmm. in order to do that, they need some points to stay ahead of to stay ahead of Braga. And frankly, they're just going to win this game. It's really that simple. Braga, who's support. playing right now, right? Braga's, Braga, Braga's yeah, on as the pitch we, now. 0-0. Zero, zero. Still 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, as we record, Braga's on the pitch. If this game ends in a tie, Sporting's one point up. If Braga wins, they swap spots. So Sporting yeah. even more so would need to win. However, if Braga hangs on to the draw, Sporting just wants to win to, you know, to then separate themselves more. Sporting is 4-0 and since the restart at home. Setabal, 0-3-1 on the road since the restart. Last five matchups has, have ended in a Sporting victory. One all the way back in 2015 was a 1-1 draw. Sporting is pretty much playing the best soccer in the Portugal League behind FC Porta since the restart. This is a no-brainer. Sporting will win this game. And, and, and as we're recording, as we're recording, there we have is. a goal update. Tondela just scored. Braga now, you know, could be looking at losing points and Sporting could be looking to separate themselves that much further from Braga on the table. Sporting at home, you can book it. This is an easy winner. Yeah, and just to jump in a little bit, the team that they're playing that you could – pronounce their name, Vittoria, Settable, whatever that is. Uh, they have one more game left, even though they're what they're one of the two teams in regulation right now as they stand. But they're playing uh, Belenesis next, who is a team that... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is definitely beatable for them who sit in the 14th spot. So oh, they may look at it as, oh, we're not going to be able to beat Sporting anyway, especially if Sporting gets up early and kind of sit back and lay low and then just look at it for that last game and hopefully get a win there to get out of regulation. But, yeah, I mean, at that price, it's a little high. I might end up playing that in a parlay to cut that odds down again. Like you had mentioned, you're, you're opening Man City. Are you closing Man City's parlay possibly with Sporting or – so I have Man City and Atlanta with minus one, uh, those two in a two-team parlay at minus 140. I really don't like going past two teams, mm-hmm. even though by my logic I should have just a three-team parlay. But I just find the more teams when you add in there, no matter the high of odds, just the more chance, obviously, you know, the way to state the obvious, but that, that it gives it to lose. And at the end of the day, I booked this at minus 240 because I just want to acknowledge something. This line will go higher by the time of kickoff. And I'm actually already showing on other sites minus 280 for Sporting Lisbon. So simply booking it at minus 240 is just value in and of itself as I have other sources have this line sitting at minus 280 and minus 290. You know, at at that minus 300 price and above, I'm not really paying it. But at minus 240 to see this game maybe close tomorrow, minus 320, uh, you know, a little – uh, 80 cents of closing line value there. That That's nothing um, to be upset about any day. No, I agree with you. Uh, moving on, we're going to go into the world of Korean baseball. 
Uh, again, we are very excited to have some Major League Baseball back uh, the tail end of this week on Thursday. We'll dive into that a bit. Um, but I'm going to start with the Doosan Bears, who will be up against the 9-2. and two. And believe it or not, it's an American name. We can actually pronounce this. Eric Jockish, who will be carrying his 1.62 ERA into the contest, which would look like it spells doom for the Bears. However, he's a lefty, and typically that's a great sign for the Bears. They feasted on left-handed pitchers this season, uh, and they have their own stud, Raul Al Kentara on the mound. Um, and I'll be taking Dusan first five at minus 115. And why the first five, Matt, and not the whole game? Because the KBO bullpens are atrocious. I think you could probably pitch. What are you, left-handed or right-handed? Right-handed. Yeah, you could probably throw left-handed and be just as good as some of these uh, – relievers here in the in the KBO um yeah it's brutal it is absolutely brutal to watch these guys get in there and the Bears much like most KBO teams they got a dumpster fire too in their bullpen so I'm not going to play the whole the full game on the Bears I'm going to be playing the first five they got guys with ERAs like 27 15 18 I swear a sub 7 ERA in the KBO is like a stud just by comparison in this league it's wild so Bears first five minus 115 we're going to book that and we're going to go to one more game we're going to take the Tigers at Eagles, I'm going to be going with the under here in the first five at five and a half plus 110. Eagles are scoring less than three and a half runs per game at home while the Tigers are under four and a half uh, runs per game on the road. And like we had just mentioned, KBO, all these teams' bullpens are atrocious. We see majority of these runs coming in past the fifth inning. Um, so with, with numbers of three and a half and four and a half for a total of eight um, and most of the runs coming in the second part of these games – at five and a half, I feel like it's a little too high in the first five and to see this game being a very comfortable under, maybe two, three runs max in the first five of these, um, and then maybe some scoring late, but we're not going to care about that. We'll be at the, at the ticket window after the fifth inning and happy with our under there. That's all I have for KBO. We're going to move on a little bit, and we're going to discuss how we're feeling. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a uh, – you know, catch 22, I feel like, Matt, we're, we're both excited, right, for this restart of the NBA and for the start of MLB because, look, it, we've been without American sports for quite a while with the exception of UFC um, and golf. So we're excited, but at the same time, we're, we're going to be really, really hesitant on what we're going to do, at least that I am. I, I would assume you are as well um, because, look, it, we've never seen this before. We've never seen um, – a, a season get halted in the middle of it, like the NBA for a pandemic where people are isolated. Um, we've never seen a, a, a league uh, start late because of a pandemic. We've seen it late because of strikes and stuff like that, where people kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. I mean, these guys have had no idea what the plan was going to be for quite a while. And we have no idea really how these guys are going to fare coming out of the gate. So talk to us a little bit about how you feel um, in terms of the NBA restart first, and then we'll go a little bit in the MLB at the end. So, personally, I don't have any plans of touching any MLB, um, you know, much to, in the beginning of the season. And let me tell you why. The difference, really the difference that I see between, like, like you just spoke about, the leagues coming back, say the NBA and NHL coming back for a little tune-up period and then get to the playoffs is they're finishing something that they want that they started right so there's just a different mindset when you're finishing something that that you started they don't forget what went on in the season they don't forget about the storylines and narratives of the season it was simply a pause and a pickup and now we're restarting 
is there going to be a little bit of growing pains in the beginning? Sure. Which is why we're going to take, you know, the eight game period very lightly before we get into the actual playoffs. Um, but for the MLB, it's just really different. It's a whole different season. First off, they're trying out um, slightly different rules, which, you know, not to- huge change, but just some changes such as the extra inning rule. Yeah, that's and, a and huge whatnot. change. That's a I mean, huge saying, change. So I would say, so let me clarify. When I say not a huge change, because, you know, of course, not every single game goes to extra innings. So Correct. it's not a change that, that occurs every right, single game. Right, it's not going to affect every game, right. Of course. So, But in the ones that do affect those games, that's definitely a difference. Um, I know they tried this out in minor league baseball uh, last year, and it's hard to see because, you know, the fans in minor league is not nearly the same as MLB. So no one right. knows, but it's a great year to give it a try, right, with, with not yeah. much on the line. But it's also just different. You typically, these MLB teams would play three or four game series against a team. You know, you have your five-man rotation. Everyone's switching off pitching. It's just, it's just different. It's one third the amount of games this year, and you know, you're starting off with some with an interleague game, right, with the Yankees yeah. and Nationals. So it's just so different to me. It just really is. And for that reason alone is why as much as I want to dive into betting baseball and back with baseball, I just want to see, you know, what happens the first couple of weeks. I want to see, you know, how effective these teams are, how well um, trained these guys were in the offseason and the months when typically they're playing games, right? So they're typically used to an everyday playing schedule. So for the past two two and a half, three months, what have they been doing? You know, they weren't doing their normal schedule. Baseball players are creatures of habit and their habit was tremendously broken this summer. Um, I don't think that they're going to come back and not be able to swing a ball or swing a bat. Excuse me. I don't think they're going to be able to come back and not throw a ball, you know, but then you have another thing with what we saw last year in the MLB with the juice baseballs. Um, and now this year with, with the 60, or, you know, are the baseballs going to be juice this year? Are we going to see high totals in the first five innings like was a significant trend that I took advantage of in the beginning of of last season Mm -hmm. so I think there's a lot of uncertainties and with a lot of uncertainties that just sounds like a lot of guessing to me now look I say this today I'll obviously have a play on the Yankees Nationals game on Thursday (laughs) there it is it could take you long because I know that everyone wants a play and that everyone needs a play on the game however None of these MLB plays will be not will be VIP plays for me, and most of them will all just be lunch money or fun plays, just simply to enjoy betting on baseball and enjoy watching baseball and enjoy having the sport of baseball back. I'm really not going to look to profit much from MLB. You know, to say I mean I'll, I'll say I'm not the best MLB better to begin with in general anyway, so I'm not going to try and tackle this 60 game season like I, like I like I know what I'm doing because you know frankly. I don't think anyone really know can say they know what they're doing for this LNB season. And if they do, I'll just tell you they're, they're flat out wrong because it's never happened before. So they can't say that they're confident that they're going to be able to profit the same way they have based on their past MLB seasons, because it's not that same season. It's not the same schedule. It's not the same thing. It's totally different. It's very different. Right. And like you had said, these guys are creatures of habit. There's a lot of players who we've seen in the past um, or even teams who come out of the gate, they come out slow, um, and all of a sudden they turn it on around the all-star break or vice versa. It's going to be cur- – I'm going to be really curious to see how this how this plays out in the beginning at least because with a shortened season, you're not going to have that many that much time to really, you know, fix things. You're going to, ha- you're going to be on the fly going, going, going. I mean, I keep hearing a lot of talk. We're both Philly guys here. A lot of talk about Harper because Harper's kind of one of those guys where he'll hit a long slump and then all of a sudden he'll pick up and he'll hit, I don't know, like 12 home runs in, the, in a week span, something crazy. 
Um, and people were all high on him saying he's going to come in with this mentality of he's going to be dominant from the, from the get go. I mean, but who knows? I mean, we don't, we don't know until we actually see it. Um, but I am going to be curious about what you said with, you know, the juice balls last year. Look at, I mean, eyes are going to be all over this. People are going to be tuned in like never before because besides the NBA playoffs, this is going to be the only other American sport that's out there. And, you know, in, in the industry that yourself and myself are in, um, with handicap and you know we've seen it we've seen a lot of our normal clients um, or even friends of ours who are casual betters really take a lot of time off because they want no parts of of soccer because they don't know much about it they're not interested in watching it um, and a lot of people let's be real a lot of people want to place some wages on games because they want to watch it and have a rooting interest in it as opposed to people like us who are looking to make an investment opportunity work out in our favor, whether it's baseball, whether it's soccer, whether, whether it's table tennis, wherever we can find an edge on um, and put our money to value for us, we're going to do it. So, you know, we're going to see a lot of people coming out of the woodwork. We're going to be interested in MLB. Um, it's going to be hard to stay away, like you had said. Uh, but I think I'm going to be really hesitant in the beginning as well. I'm not going to be playing every single game. I'm not going to be playing full, full cards of MLB. Sure, I'm probably going to play on the first two games because they're the first two games and everybody's going to be interested in it. I'm interested in it. Um, but but going forward, yeah, I'm going to be really hesitant on, on how I'm playing my action on there because, like we said, we don't know. We've never seen this before. Um, and they've been really interrupted. To me, like you said, I think, <clears throat> they've been interrupted a little bit more, I feel like, than the NBA. NBA was in full swing and they, they shut down. MLB, I mean, they were in, in spring training getting ready and they had to stop that, and they never really had a, a full spring training coming back. And, you know, basketball, to me at least, I feel like you can do a lot more individually working out on your own. Um, all you need really is a basket and a ball, right? Like, And I think everybody in the NBA pretty much has access to that, whereas baseball, you know, if you're a pitcher, you're throwing to a target. If you're a hitter, what are you, in a batting cage? It's not the same. Um, so I think we're going to see a big difference in baseball starting late as opposed to the NBA restart. But, hey – you are the king of the NBA playoffs, um, so I want to let you talk a little bit about uh, the NBA restart and how you feel about it and what you're looking to do as far as seeing things from a value standpoint uh, going forward. Look, I, I appreciate that crown. There's certainly better ones out there than me. In yeah, but they're not on the podcast. But- they don't mean anything to me, so fuck them. <laughs> but I didn't, you know, what I was getting at is they're certainly better than me at other sports. At the NBA playoffs, let, let me let me tell you, Bill, there are few and far between who can match up with my plays, and I'm pretty confident in that. Let me tell you what I think is the deal is for the NBA, right? So I've heard rumors that these teams are going to be treating the eight games kind of like preseason games, kind of like tune-up games. And, you know, frankly, I'm not buying that, right? I think these guys are hungry to get on the hardwood. I think these guys are hungry to get out there and perform. I think these guys are hungry to remind the world of how talented they are and just to put on a show, right? You're going to be seeing – they understand that now because basketball has been off for so long, there's going to be probably more eyes on these games than there was in the midst of the season, right? Because the even the NBA season, people argue it's too long. You lose interest. You know, from the first 20, 25 games, you kind of already know who's going to make the playoffs. After the first 30 games, you kind of even have an idea of what the seedings are going to look like. In turn, at the point in time where it shut down in March, that would kind of be like the lazy point in the, in, in the NBA. It's like, all right, let's just get to the playoffs. 
because, you know, there's only a couple teams that maybe could still make it. And that's kind of what happened, right? We kind of just skipped out on the rest of rest of what was there, 30 games left maybe? Yeah, about that. Something like that. We add these – and we just skipped to pretty much all the teams that have actually have the chance of making the playoffs. And even now so, everyone knows the Wizards are going to Orlando to play eight games minimum. They're not playing any more than eight games. Everyone knows the Suns aren't playing any more than eight games. You know, I think it's a pretty – um, good understanding that it comes down to the Nets and the Magic of who just gets the seventh or eighth seed in the East. And in the West, it comes down to how much the NBA uh, wants Zion to make the playoffs. That's really, you know, what it comes down to. Does, does, does Zion and the Pelicans get in? Do the Grizzlies and Jaw get in? Or does Damian Lillard and the Blazers, the three seed from last year, um, with, with Zach Collins back and Nurkic back, do they, do they – uh, you know, make a little run, and do they snag that eighth spot? The Spurs, without get, without Aldridge back, they don't really have a shot. The Suns don't really have a shot. And the Kings, I mean, look, Rashawn Holmes and the rest of the Kings are already out of the bubble or whatnot. You know, they, you, can see <laughs> right. where, you, can, you can see where their mind is in this exactly. NBA restart. So, again, we know, and, and even then so, we, we the NBA is just – there's a very big control of power currently in the NBA with certain teams. So, we know – where we have a very good idea of who's going to be there when it comes down to it. So essentially I think this is one of the best things that could have happened to the NBA. All the eyes are going to be on these games. Everyone's going to love it. We're going to have NBA tipping off at noon Eastern all the way till 8 PM summer yeah. league style. Instead of summer, summer league, league style, it's going to, it's going to be like, the, it's going to be like March madness. You know, you're going to have games almost- on multiple channels throughout the day. It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be great. And it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to take the first eight games with a big grain of salt. I told you before we got on here, I want to watch every team play one game. Once, you know, I'm going to probably dip my, dip my toes into the water um, before they play, you know, just a little half unit play, one unit play. Obviously, you know, just for fun, um, you know, just to see what's going on. But ultimately, I want to see every team play one or two games. And I want to see, you know, is this the team from March? Is this the team from yeah. last October, or is this a whole different team? You know, there's three different teams that I could see. It's 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 a it's a preseason team, a midseason team, or is this a whole nother team? And I, something I spoke about with you, you know, before I let you get in, is I think this is going to really go from the top up. I want to look at the leaders of each team, and whichever team has the best leaders, um, coaching obviously, but I mean player leaders like a LeBron, a Giannis. Players like that who can get all of their guys into game mode and into understanding that we are not here for vacation. This is not BS. This is, this is back to the season. This is real season, tune-up games pretty much, and then playoffs. You know, of course it's for seeding, but the seeding doesn't matter so much, obviously, for certain teams. And for someone like the Lakers who are five and a half above the Clippers, you know, two wins and, and they've already locked themselves in the first. So it's more just tune-ups, but I do want to see which teams they are to identify. And then it's, and then it's full on game on playoffs and, and we're making a lot of money. Interesting. So as you were talking about this, I took a look at the Western conference and there's two storylines that I have in my head, at least of um, what's going to be playing out in terms of one, the Utah jazz, who are currently a four seed right now, right? With Gobert and Mitchell. We all know the drama that's going on between those two with the whole start of this pandemic. I'm really curious to see how those guys function as a team going forward. And the other one is the Houston Rockets, because I want to be honest, I don't, in my opinion, at least, I don't see uh, Harden and Westbrook and the rest of those characters as a team who look at the rest of this uh, set of games as, 
wow, this is, we got to get our stuff together. We need to make sure we're in a good spot come the playoffs. I think the fact that they've already clinched a playoff spot is going to really hurt them. I don't think they're going to care that much. They're going to try and get theirs. They're going to try and put up their points. But as a team, I don't see the Rockets as being one of those teams, like you mentioned, of having a really strong leader in like a Giannis or a LeBron. You know, I mean, I get, who's their leader? Harden, right? Is it him? More so than Westbrook, I would assume, right? So, uh, okay, so I'm going to actually really disagree there. I think Westbrook is the kind of guy that in the locker room will have his team prepared. Westbrook is that little energizer bunny that he might not be the best on the court, but you know he's giving just as much, if not more effort, than all other nine guys on the court. So I think it's more of an effort and a leadership kind of thing rather than – I, you know, and, and I think that Westbrook actually strives in that role. You know, I can't speak to say who actually is the leader of this team as I'm not in the locker room and right. I understand that it was James Harden's team before there, but I, I, I can't count Westbrook out with effort. And I know, you know, Westbrook has that, 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 that attitude that he won't stand for his teammates, not giving that same effort. So honestly, no, I, agree. I don't I agree with you. Agree. I agree with you in that respect. However, I don't feel like he's got a group of guys that are there that are going to be um, okay with hearing that from him. I don't think those guys are going to play better because he's getting in their face. I just don't think they're going to care. I really don't. I think a guy like James Harden, and I am mesmerized by watching him play, um, I just don't see him as being a guy who's going to feed into that. Um, I can see them getting – mad at each other before I could see them getting mad at an opponent in this in this scenario. Now, look, if this didn't happen, if there wasn't a restart and they just kept playing the way that they were playing, okay. But I just don't see this working out too well for them come this restart. Now, look, they might turn around come playoffs and really, and really look forward to playing together there, but where they're already saddled in into a playoff slot, um, you know, they're going to be playing who? Uh, Denver, maybe. I don't see the Clippers really falling out of the two spot. So I don't know how concerned they're going to be of who they play in the playoffs. So I don't see them coming out and really taking this serious. That's a team that I'm going to be looking to fade a little bit in the restart. I could be wrong. You could be hundred percent right. Westbrook get these guys fired up. I just, from, from my basketball knowledge and my, my background in basketball, I just never see those type of players like a Westbrook who are fiery, high energy, who want to get in people's faces, but they don't really, carry that onto the court as far as how they play they might play intense but they're not there really getting everybody involved and, and making everybody better I mean especially when you got a guy like Harden Harden's gonna get his I mean, it's plain and simple he's not a guy who's looking to make everybody better all the time he might put up assists but he's not a guy who's going out there and, and specifically making look making his teammates to look better so Again, I'm going to be looking to fade them a little bit, but who knows coming. I'm excited. You know, we haven't had basketball in quite a while. We got, you know, left with some blue balls come March Madness, which I'm really missing out on. I think it's really cool how they're going to do this restart with having some day games going on and allow people like us to really look at games in a different aspect where, you know, on a nightly basis you have 12, 15 games going on where this is going to be staggered. You're going to be able to really – focus in and watch the games like you mentioned similar to what they do in the summer league but obviously this is going to be a little bit better ball um with this restart than it is with the summer league ball from basketball i have a, also another theory you know with this nba restart that so i kind of agree and i disagree with what you're saying about the rockets i, I see your point of fading them however for my reason it would just be a little different it would more so be to look for the teams who 
themselves, right? Not that they don't believe that they could win a championship, but that they aren't like necessarily on that level. And so what I was about to go into is I believe when we see the actual bracket in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if three out of four, if not all four of the one and two seeds swept through the seven and eight seeds. Now, let me just throw a little asterisk out there. However, if the Blazers do take that eighth spot, I could see them stealing a game from the Lakers because yeah. with their – We'll talk about leaders, you know, right? Dame, Dame's yeah. one of the best leaders in the, in the league. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with and, you on that. And with their, with their veteran presence, exactly, with their history, and, you know, just the fact that the Blazers actually, you know, are gaining back two players that they were hurt. So the Blazers right. are a better team. But a young team like the Pelicans, a young team like the Grizzlies coming in with – these teams, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, they, they will roll through these teams in the first round. It will be all business, and they will be trying – because essentially – Right, if our theories are correct about the Bucks and the Lakers, who don't have much to play for in these eight games, and they're more so tune-up games or whatnot, then playoffs, it's, it's full go time. There's yeah. no days off. And, and, and LeBron you know, and, and Giannis, like I meant, I just keep mentioning you know, these two leaders on top of their teams, they're going to want their teams picking it up. They, they need to play well for those couple games or for even if those four or five games in the first round, if it's only four, to then – face the stronger competition in the second round because the competition from the first round to the second round is a tremendous difference, right? So like, at least in my opinion, the difference between the Bucks playing say the Magic or the Nets or then facing off against maybe the Celtics or the Sixers, the talent differential is just tremendous between even someone who's in the four or five seed and the eight, seventh or eighth seed. So I will look for those powerhouses, you know, to, to really roll in their first round. Um, but I don't really see, you know, something that could have been an issue in the past fatigue. I don't see why fatigue would really be an issue. I, I see everyone coming in a little fresh um, because they haven't been playing games like they usually were. And, and so for someone like LeBron or for some of these older teams, maybe like, you know, I don't know off the top of my head who you would consider an older team, but it could favor them as well because, you know, the fatigue could be less of a factor as it usually would be. A lot of interesting points. We're going to get more into the NBA as it gets closer, obviously still 10 days away from opening night, still about four weeks away from actual playoffs, but you can tell we're really excited. Exactly. Exactly. Well, if you made this long, like Matt said last episode, we thank you. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, We're going to do a little bit of a tease here in our next episode that will likely drop on, I think, Wednesday or Thursday at the latest. There's a little bit of a cold front coming in from the, uh, from Vegas. Is that, is that true show? That's what I hear. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that. I will also be on with the Brawl Network's MMA coverage analyst, uh, Ben Saxton coming up. Uh, We're looking to record on Thursday, hopefully drop our episode on Friday. Looking forward to the fight night on Saturday night. There's going to be some great fights on that card. Again, thanks for tuning in. We'll be seeing you guys soon. Have a good one. And, Matt, as always, what are we going to be giving out? Winners only. Winners only. Take care, guys. I want winners.